And hello, good evening. Hello, radio listeners in the 757 and Hampton Road. Whether you're listening by radio or by internet, whether you're listening on WGPL or WPCE, I'm so glad you've tuned in with us for this episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. It's our business to break down, discuss, and offer insight into relationship dynamics with the hopes of helping you repair, enhance, grow, and perfect your marriage and family relationships. Welcome aboard once again. I came here this evening to the station uh, literally uh, from the airport. I spent the weekend this past weekend in uh, excuse me, spent this past weekend in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Uh, one of our beloved bishops in the Church of God in Christ, Bishop Milton Gannison, uh, went home to be with the Lord, and we had his uh, homegoing celebration this past weekend. And uh, his family members and friends gathered from all over to celebrate that homegoing. Uh, Bishop Gannison's family celebrated his homegoing in a grand fashion. I tell you that much. It was truly a celebration. I was tremendously blessed and honored to meet new people whom I've claimed as my new family now and play an instrumental role in helping them celebrate this great man of God. Bishop Gannison's passing brought his family together and, and they shared a whole lot of love. I'm telling you folks, over this weekend, they shared a whole lot of love. Uh, there was a whole lot of pain at the same time because Bishop Gannison was a man full of love, loved everybody. We all loved him and he meant so much to his family and to everybody that knew him. But there was a whole lot of love also. And you know, death causes us this great pain because one purpose of that great pain is to remind us how important and how precious life is, how important and precious family is how important and precious love is. So don't be surprised when uh, the death of a loved one hurt. It's good to know Jesus because you, when you know Jesus, you never die. You live forever. You just leave this side of living. Uh, if you don't know Jesus as your savior, accept him as Lord of your life. You may be in some big trouble when you die. You might want to get that straightened out. But that great pain comes to remind us to live and to love while we have the chance and while we have the opportunity. Yet so many families will lose a loved one and waste so much precious time being angry, hurt, disappointed, unforgiving, filled with grudges. So many people and so many families will lose a loved one and just waste so much precious lifetime carrying all kinds of baggage from past experiences. And this seems to be especially true at the death of a parent, be it a mother or a father. And I have to say that I said that because I feel compelled to highlight this because Marriage and Family Clinic is here to tap into the dynamics of marriage and family relationships to help us expose and deal with all that baggage from the past and help us get some things together so that we can enjoy the love of family before one of our loved ones is lying in a casket in front of us. So please, please, my brother, my sister, no matter what it is you've been through, I've said this before, I'll say it again today, and I'll say it many times in the future. Don't wait. Quit waiting to get some things taken care of. Get on it now. Get it fixed in a hurry. Rush yourself to get reconciled with family members. Take care of that past business before it's too late. 
And I was looking at these some notes just a few minutes ago about tonight's presentation or this particular presentation, as I said in the airport about an hour ago. And believe it or not, even as I'm looking at these notes on taking care of past business, there's a gentleman who's sitting next to me a couple of seats down and he's talking on the phone rather loudly. And he's using some really choice words, uh, talking about a family member and the struggles and the past baggage of dealing with this family member. And when he got off the phone, I just couldn't help but say, you know, sounds like you got a troubled family member there. And I'm working on something similar to that right now. So all I'm saying to you is that these family difficulties, these family struggles, uh, they're not common to black people or white people or Asian people or Hispanic people. They're not common to men or women. They're common to people. Family struggles are common to people, period. Every ethnicity deals with it. Every race deals with it. But we all, while we all have the opportunity to get some things straight, we need to take advantage of those opportunities while people are still here. All right. Now, and, and we're currently going through this multi-week series on men's issues that I hope will do what I just described here. And that is expose some things and inspire some of us to deal with some baggage. And, yet, and that's why we have marriage and family clinic. That's why we're on the air. That's why we're broadcasting this particular program, marriage and family clinic. We want to inspire some of us to, first of all, understand the origin of our baggage and then inspire us to deal with our baggage. And believe you me, more of us are impacted by past baggage, either consciously or unconsciously, than will admit it. Some of us are impacted by past baggage and don't realize it. Some of us are impacted by past baggage and deny it. Some of us know it and just don't know what to do about it. One thing you can do, get over yourself, deal with your hurt, deal with those hard feelings. Look in the mirror, talk to yourself about that baggage. And get your relationships taken care of. Now, let me move on here. Uh, this week is part two of the series we started last week on men and pornography. And I'm going to say something right away that you're going to hear me say a few more times during this episode and during future episodes. That is, many men have issues with pornography. And if pornography is causing you problems in your personal life, your family, your marriage, if pornography is at the root of your personal and family difficulties, you need to get help immediately. Don't stay there in denial thinking you can handle it. Get some help. My brother, if you could handle it, you would have handled it by now. If you could fix it, you would have fixed it by now. So when you're calculating, when you're examining and analyzing, when you're assessing your life, assessing your problems, when you're examining yourself and at the root of your difficulties, you keep coming up with pornography. Pornography continues to be a common denominator in your issues. You need to get help immediately. Don't wait any longer. Come on out of denial. For the sake of your marriage, the sake of your family, your children, your career, your life, brother, get some help. Now, last week I defined pornography as viewing, reading, or even listening to the actual depiction or portrayal or engaging in sexual activity for sexual arousal. Now that covers a whole lot. 
that covers a whole lot. And while I believe technically that that publications such as Playboy and Penthouse are pornography, they're sold over the counter and they're not considered pornography. Uh, but I believe that they are. Uh, you know, and, and we have problems with pornography. So many men have problems with pornography. And I'm not going to put some great technical term on your problem like addiction, something like that. Uh, uh, that makes it sound like there's a sickness involved. And there is a sickness involved in, in uh, being stuck on pornography. The sickness is sin. The sickness is sin. Let's make that plain and clear right now. So, Whatever you call it, pornography is a big problem for many men. And I want to throw those, uh, uh, I want to throw those things out to you uh, uh, that we talked about last week as a reminder and added inspiration uh, to seek help. I'm just throwing this out here to remind you and inspire you to go get some help. And last week I told you 10 signs of an individual who needs help with pornography. Man, listen to me closely. And I'm not going to go into these. I just want to say this again for the record. I just want to reach out and touch somebody with these 10 signs that you need help. Once again, do with them what you will. I hope you choose to do the right thing. I hope you're going to stand up and be honest with yourself. Uh, so those 10 signs that you need help because you have a pornography problem, uh, you can't stop. You want more. You've lost time. You've lost interest in sex. You're more demanding of your spouse. You've lost attraction to your spouse. You're in physical pain. You're losing money. You're distracted during sex with your spouse and you're angry. Those are 10 signs that you need help. You need help with pornography. And let me tell you something, even if you can't link together your uh, uh, engagement in pornography and problems going on in your life, let me tell you something. If you can look at your life and detect a reoccurring problem and you're into pornography, guess what? You have a pornography problem. I want to remove the layers for you. I want to remove the difficulty of, of understanding. I want to bring clarity to the situation. If you continue to experience reoccurring problems and difficulties in your relationships, in your life, uh, if you're experiencing significant difficulty with your wife, if you're having problems in sex with your wife, uh, if you're losing interest in your wife, in your wife sexually, uh, and several other those. 10 signs. If, you, if, if you're having those difficulties and you're involved in pornography, then guess what, my brother? You have a problem with pornography and you need to get help immediately. Let, let me share something from the Bible with you that's especially applicable to pornography. Ephesians 6.12 tells us that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. But we do wrestle against various levels and degrees of spiritual forces. Now, that's not the King James Version. That's not the NIV Version. That's Hodges Revised Standard Version. Uh, I just want to bring clarity to the issue. So when we're dealing with issues like pornography and these things that we seem to be stuck in and cannot break free of, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. 
we're wrestling against various levels and degrees of spiritual forces. And I'm not trying to be overly dramatic or anything like that, uh, 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 but there truly are spiritual forces that are marshaled and assembled together to fight against you and me. Every man out there, I'm telling you right now, there is a target on your back. You are targeted for destruction. I said a long time ago, God gave us the family, church, and marriage. The family, church, and marriage. And each one of those three institutions is under a specific attack from spiritual forces in order to be degraded, destroyed, uh, neutralized, made impotent, remove the effectiveness of. Spiritual forces are marshaled together to war against those three institutions, marriage, family, and the church, given to us by God. Spiritual forces have marshaled against them to destroy them. Because if you don't have those, you can't have a society. If you don't have those, you cannot have a worthwhile civilized society. All right. And so so uh, what I'm saying to you, man, because God made you for a woman and a man and a woman married is the foundation of a family. Then there are spiritual forces marshaled together that wants to lay out or, or attack you specifically, man and women also attack you specifically, women, in order to destroy marriage, to neutralize marriage, to neuter marriage. In other words, these spiritual forces are battling to take control of your soul, man. Hear me here. Spiritual forces are marshaled together to attack you. You have a bullseye on your back. You're coming under attack. And these spiritual forces are battling you for control of your soul. And that's why a man may feel like he has to have pornography. Spiritual forces have grabbed a hold of his soul. I hope I'm making sense to you today. As we said before, men are visually stimulated. And the visual cues he takes from pornography arouses him sexually. And that arousal causes the release of hormones or chemicals in the brain that are responsible for feeling good. There are chemicals in your brain that are responsible for your good feelings. And these chemicals are released at certain times to help you feel better. And certain things stimulate them. These chemicals like dopamine, endorphins, and serotonin, these chemicals are released in your brain to ignite pleasure. These feelings of pleasure condition the mind to think that you must have something, something like pornography. When there's a certain stimulus, when you're under a certain stimulus, when you're under the influence of a certain stimulus, it causes the brain to release these chemicals. And these chemicals condition you to want more of whatever stimulated their release. Oh, I hope this is making sense here. The release of those chemicals bring about that good feeling. And when things feel good, we want more of it. When things feel good, we want more of it. So these feelings of pleasure condition the mind to want more. 
condition the mind to think that you must have it. So when a man who is visually stimulated participates in pornography and he gets aroused, it causes the brain to release those happy chemicals. I'll just say that for understanding tonight. Causes the brain to release those happy chemicals. And those happy chemicals condition a man's thinking, condition a man's feeling. And a man begins to think and to feel that he must have it. And some men think and feel that they must have pornography. So then we can see from this that the war for our souls takes place in the form of battling that mind condition. We got to battle that mind condition because what we experience, what we bring into our eyes, through our ears, through our taste, through our uh, feelings, we, we it, it, it attempts to condition us. We have to battle that. We battle to try to maintain control of our faculties. We battle to try and not be conditioned to believe I have to have it. But there are forces marshaled against us who are battling to convince us we have to have it. So there's a gift, there's a going back and forth. And I hope I just I just hope for the sake of discussion tonight, brothers, you believe me when I tell you that we are in a battle for our souls. And if that conditioning takes hold, the enemy of our souls will take control of our very souls, our minds, our wheels, our emotions. When we're under the influence of those chemicals, the enemy plays on that. He plays on that. He wars against us. And if he wins, we'll find ourselves being controlled and ruled by negative emotions. We'll find ourselves being controlled and ruled by inappropriate thoughts manifesting in inappropriate behavior, such as engaging in pornography. We're in a war. Now, the first shot in this war comes at some point in your past, man, probably during your childhood. It may have been some kind of trauma, some kind of abuse, abandonment, and the Lord knows whatever else happened to you. When these things happen, they open up in emotional holes that you probably were not able to feel in your childhood. You were too emotionally immature to properly deal with the emotional taxation that those experiences brought about in your life. And it left an emotional hole in your soul. Those emotional holes turn into voids that need to be filled. We interpret those emotional holes as a void that needs to be filled. And those spiritual forces that I spoke about a moment ago, those spiritual forces that I said are marshaled against you to take you out, they will deceive you into thinking that you need to fill that void in an inappropriate way. And pornography is a tool that the enemy presents to you as an acceptable means of filling your emotional void. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. But the enemy is successful at it nonetheless. Here's the truth of the matter. Your emotional void may be real. It may be real. You need emotional healing. However, pornography is an unacceptable way 
to feel your emotional void. One reason I'm so sure that pornography is an unacceptable way to fill your emotional void is because pornography is at the root of so many of your troubles. Remember those 10 signs of stuck on pornography I talked about a moment ago? If pornography were an acceptable means to filling your emotional void, then those 10 signs would not have the pervasive role in your life that they do have. If pornography were acceptable, you wouldn't want more and more. You wouldn't hide it. You wouldn't sneak to do it if it were acceptable. If pornography were acceptable, you wouldn't make unreasonable demands on your wife in the bedroom, in the bed sexual activity that she's not comfortable with. As a matter of fact, she detests and she's she's made her objections known, but you continue to demand them anyhow. Pornography, <coughs> excuse me, pornography may be at the root of your problem. <coughs> and so uh, uh, pornography is definitely an inappropriate way of filling your emotional void. And together, these signs all represent a skewed view of sex. These problems come up in your life. They represent a skewed view of sex. And if pornography were an acceptable means of filling your emotional void, then your views of sex would not be as skewed as they are. Now, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to discuss a strategy to deal with men who are going through the stuck-on-pornography phase. The stuck-on-pornography phase. That strategy begins with knowing your identity. Here's what I mean by that. I mean that oftentimes we assume an identity based on what happened to us. We assume an identity based on what was said to us by an authority figure or caregiver. We include our past misfortune in our current self-identification. We feel like what happened to us. Well, I think that deserves saying again. Uh, 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 we oftentimes assume an identity based on what happened to us. We include our past misfortune in our current self-identification. It happened a long time ago, but we feel like what happened to us is really who we are. Listen, I heard I heard Zig Ziglar say something that stuck with me and I use it from time to time. I heard Zig Ziglar say failure is an event, not a person. Mr. Ziegler was saying that we don't have to assume the identity of what happened to us. We don't have to live under some sort of a black cloud or dark cloud of what happened to us. We don't have to have, uh, uh, we don't have to identify ourselves as trauma, abuse, abandonment, molested, left out, picked on, rejected, humiliated. Uh, we don't have to abandon ourselves that way. And Lord knows whatever else you've been through, you don't have to identify yourself that way. Those things happened to us, but those things were events 
They are not people. They are not you. They happen to you, but they are not you. And if you're a man going through the stuck on pornography phase, you should know this. Something may have happened to you that opened up an emotional void. And today that void still exists. That void causes you to long for it to be filled. And part of your efforts to fill that emotional void includes the unacceptable participation in pornography. Here's the deal, man. You've been deceived into this behavior because those spiritual forces have deceived you into believing you are less valuable because of what happened to you. The thing that opened up that emotional void. Those spiritual forces have convinced you and deceived you into believing that somehow or another what happened to you is really who you are. Here's another point. The more you engage in and the longer you remain in the stuck on pornography phase, the more likely it is that your feelings of powerlessness are going to continue to grow and grow and grow the more likely it is you're going to be continue to identify yourself more and more with that particular behavior. Being blind to your actual value. You have begun to identify yourself as less valuable and that makes deceiving you just a little bit easier. The first step in you being freed from the bondage of stuck on pornography is to realize you are not what happened to you. And you don't have to react to inappropriate urges in order to fill your emotional void. The bottom line is, you are not what happened to you. And what happened to you does not define you. It does not have to define you. If you're being motivated by what happened to you, you've been deceived into believing a lie. Here's something I want you to know. Shame and fear. I spoke about that a couple of months ago. Shame and fear. Shame and fear. The longer you remain in the stuck on pornography phase, the deeper into the shame and fear saga you're going to sink. And the more likely you are to identify more and more with what you are stuck in. That's just the bottom line. But that's a scheme that those spiritual forces use to deceive you into believing there is no way out. If you are listening to this program and you happen to be in the stuck on pornography phase, or if you know a man who's in this stuck on pornography phase, I'm telling you, and you need to tell the one that you know, you don't have to remain stuck. You can be loosed. That's the reason I'm calling it the stuck on pornography phase. It's a phase and you can come out of any phase. You can come out of any phase and you can come out of this phase just as soon as you apply your faith to the right strategy. That strategy begins with applying your faith to the truth that you are not what you did. You are not what happened to you. True enough, those events left an emotional void, but you no longer have to feel like 
or think that you have to fill that emotional void through inappropriate behaviors like pornography. If I know men, and I think I do, I can imagine that a man who's going through the stuck on pornography phase doesn't want to be stuck, but he feels unable to control the urge. And because he cannot control the urge to engage in pornography, he feels powerless. And because he feels powerless, he feels less of a man. And because he feels less of a man, he feels some, some, some degree of shame. And it's the shame combined with fear that won't allow him to seek help. I want you to know something today. I want you to know that there is hope. I wish you could see me right now. You would see me pointing my finger at you. You would see my 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 face is glaring. You would see the passion in my eyes. You can hear the passion in my voice as I tell you, don't you give up. You don't have to give up. You don't have to remain in the stuck on pornography phase. You don't have to remain in bondage. You can be free. You can win this war. Whether you've been stuck for two weeks, two months, two years or more, it's your time to be loosed from the stuck on pornography phase. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Listen, I'm about out of time this week. Uh, I'm going to have to talk about pornography and men again on next week. So join us, please. Join us, please. You can find us on WGPL. You can also find us on WPCE. Uh, uh, We'll, we'll be talking to you on this subject. We're going to keep on dealing with it because that's where so many of our men are stuck on pornography. But you can be free. Hey, I'm out of time, but appreciate you joining in with us. We will be back next week. Join in once again. And if you want to hear this or any other broadcast, look up podcasts in iTunes or the podcast app. Just look up the CD Hodges podcast. Glad to have you. Glad to hear from you. Hey, until next week, God bless you. Remember, you can't have peace unless you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. We're out.